Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. It's November 3rd, 529 a.m. Central Time. Brian Split and McKenzie are here. Grain markets uh, very quiet overnight. Guys, the corn market sucks. Uh, let's start off there. So the December 23 corn contract posted its lowest daily close in more than two years on Thursday. The contract settled at 470 per bushel, its lowest close since September of 2021. The sell-off occurred on relatively large trading volumes. Some groups believe that the USDA could raise its estimate of this year's U.S. corn crop next week. Well-followed private group Stone X pegged the national corn yield at 175.7 bushels per per acre earlier this week, well above the USDA's most recent recent es estimate of 173 bushels per acre. Ryan, why does the corn market suck? Uh, because we've got uh, plenty of carryout. And, um, do we? Well, or is, that, the, or is the, the projection USDA that we're going to have plenty of carryout? Yeah, there's a projection we're going to have plenty of carryout, uh, over 2 billion bushels. Uh, the chart doesn't look good. We went over that. Um, uh, on our subscriber video last week, that lower channel line. Um, so you kind of look with those July lows of last year and then all the monthly lows this year, that's lining up just under 460 if we want to go touch that line again, which we've had the habit of doing. And uh, there's a lot of carry in the market right now and funds like to be short a market that has a lot of carry. Okay, here's a chart. If you guys are watching on YouTube, this is the Dece uh, to July spread which is 32 cents of carry as of yesterday. Uh, the last time we were at 32 cents was back in like 2019. We were there very briefly, uh, but these spreads are out to like what would typically be bottom of the barrel type levels. 2008, we got really wide and some of this stuff, we were out past 40 in the decent July, but uh, the spread action is poor. The uh, market action flat price is poor. I pulled this article from the Des Moines Register. I think this is part of the reason why the market's been soft. Uh, this is the headline if you guys are listening. Iowa corn yield just ridiculously good despite <laughs> drought and summer's heat. Um, are you hearing better than expected corn yield, Brian? Yeah, um, all the time, better than expected. And, um, you know, I think the crop just performed way better than people thought it would based on the weather that we had in August. That was not good finishing weather. That was not good weather to fill bean pods. And yet uh, these hybrids seem to, uh, to take it in stride and, and overperform. I understand that this is uh, not going to be a popular headline for some people to see. Uh, I didn't write it. Just keep that in mind. All right, what else we got? <laughs> so uh, on Thursday, 11 U.S. agricultural industry groups gathered in Beijing to discuss expanding trade relations between the nations. The group included representatives from the U.S. Soybean Export Council and the U.S. Grains Council. Grains and oil seeds are the leading U.S. exports to China, accounting for $25.4 billion last year. China is forecast to import a record 105 million tons of soybeans this year, up 15% from last year. A large portion of those soybeans will come from Brazil due to better oil and meal quality. That number 105 came from some non-government entities, I think, this week. They're thinking it's going to be a little bit bigger. Um, in any case, the U.S. ambassador to China said, uh, we've got a big, complicated relationship, but agriculture is still the ballast in the relationship. I don't know that the, the relationship with China as it relates to agriculture is that complicated. I think it's actually really simple. 
if the U.S. is cheap, they're going to buy grains from us, yeah. and if we're not, then they don't. Right. Uh, they go to the to the cheapest uh, supplier. 105 million tons is the number we haven't achieved yet. They've been kind of stuck at that 100 million. So if they can uh, add that extra 5 million tons or so, that would be nice to take that off the world market. Maybe that's just because there's more available. Our, our world uh, stocks of beans are, are not a bullish scenario. So we've got kind of that bullish domestic stocks number, but a, a rather plentiful uh, projection for world stocks. That would be a victory. I mean, if it was really a, a 105 metric ton import program for China, uh, considering all the like, I mean, every day you see a negative economic China headline. China's economy is bad because of this. This is happening in China. It's all bad. Yet the imports are still good, uh, which I guess we jump to export sales. So U.S. corn export sales declined substantially last week. Net corn sales of 29 million bushels were down 45% from the previ previous week and 40% from the prior four-week average. Mexico was the largest corn buyer for the week. Net soybean sales of 37 million bushels were down 27% versus the previous week and 13% from the prior four-week average. China was the largest soybean buyer for the week. Net wheat sales of 10 million bushels were below pre-report expectations and declined 24% versus the previous week and 43% from the prior four-week average. Thailand was the largest wheat buyer for the week. The big problem that I see right now in export sales is soybeans. So the, the book of sales is off 28% versus the same period last year. Chinese purchases of U.S. soybeans commitments for this current marketing year, about 12 million metric tons. They were 18 and a half last year. So they're off 35 percent. Um, that's that's part of the reason. Maybe the trade doesn't believe the the USDA uh, carryout projection. Maybe they're penciling in lower exports. I don't know. Uh, you have to pencil in lower exports right now. And um, it's good to see a week over a million tons. But you think last week was a little over 1.3. It was a little over 1.3 million tons in corn. So almost half of that number, um, you know, from one week to the next. So that's not a good sign. Um, the the export uh, demand has just been a, a consistent uh, problem for both products. But you're right. I think as far as compared to last year in USDA projections, the soybean exports are the ones that are going to continue to be pointed at. Corn sales have um, improved and we're actually above where we were last year in terms of commitments. We're still not quite on track to meet USDA's projections, but we've got time to do that. I'm not going to go one way or the other there. The CEO of fertilizer giant Nutrien is cautioning against interfering with the fertilizer markets. The warning coincides with the Iowa Corn Growers Association calling for U.S. scrutiny of fertilizer pricing. The group would like a review of competition in the industry and increased transparency. The Illinois Corn Growers Association is echoing that call, claiming additional data would be helpful to farmers. Nutrien CEO believes any imposed limitations on the principles of supply and demand are detrimental. I mean, this all makes sense. So Nutrien, of course, doesn't want anybody looking at their prices because they want prices to stay high. And I don't know if there's like an accusation of manipulation here. I guess that they just want transparency. I mean, go figure. Corn growers want lower fertilizer prices and uh, the fertilizer manufacturer is hesitant uh, to, to do such a thing. I mean, I don't know if there's anything crazy here. You've got two competing objectives and that's yeah. the bottom line right now. Yeah, I think so. Interesting story, nonetheless.
USDA released weekly drought monitor data yesterday. Much of the Corn Belt received precipitation over the last week, resulting in widespread improvements. Drought conditions eased throughout Wisconsin, Missouri, and western Kentucky. Conditions also improved in Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and northwest Iowa. Uh, the High Plains also received precipitation, and improved drought conditions were noted in northern North Dakota, central Nebraska, and southeast Kansas. So when we look at the percentage of U.S. areas experiencing drought, corn country, 36%, soybeans, 38%, winter wheat, 42%, spring wheat, 36%, and cattle country, 37%. Uh, winter wheat ratings initially were above average nationally, although some of your HRW areas like Kansas in particular is not in great shape. The other thing is these river levels. So it looks like we're going to see kind of like a roller coaster here. We're supposed to rebound, according to the Army Corps, to a level that uh, resembles normalish, still lower than normal, but resembles normalish by, um, say, this time next week. But then after that, we're going to drop off again, and there's really not any rain in the forecast. So I don't think the river issues are over yet. No, and, and uh, again, that just adds cost to the buyer. Uh, freight rates go up. It takes more barges to move the same amount of product because of low water levels. So that's a, a, an issue that we would like to get solved a little bit more permanently. Yeah, it doesn't look like a permanent resolution at all, which is is going to continue to hinder export prospects and basis and calendar spreads and all sorts of stuff. U.S. equities surged on Thursday. Stocks climbed and Treasury yields declined yesterday after the Federal Reserve hinted it may be done with rate hikes. The benchmark 10-year Treasury yield declined 12 basis points, dropping to 4.669% and falling to a three-week low. The Dow Jones gained 1.7%. The S&P 500 gained 1.9% for its biggest one-day gain since April, and the Nasdaq jumped one 1.8%. Yeah, I think almost all of this has to do with the Fed and what people thought was a dovish pause um, from Powell and, and Associates uh, earlier this week. This is also, there are people in the uh, equity markets analysts who do seasonal studies, just like we do in the grain markets. And this period of the year, like the very uh, last two or three days in October through the first few days in November are seasonally about your strongest days of the year. So I don't know, Brian, are you a recessionist? No, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, all the, the economic data, you can make an argument why some of it's cooked and who knows. I, I, the S&P got very close. We talked several weeks ago about a downside target in S&P. got probably within about 20 points of that before reversing. So I think good enough there. Uh, but I have also read previously where, you know, when you look at Fed policy and, and they're raising rates, raising rates, um, when they start that pause, uh, a lot of times the market will rally, but then that's another uh, time where it's going to roll over from that is when the, the Fed starts going into an easing policy. That initial easing policy does create another downward move in the stock markets. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Yeah, I know that Powell has said, and it probably makes sense, that we have yet to see the full um, impact of the higher rates, and, and that may very well be true. Uh, cattle rallied yesterday. They sure did. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of three dollars and ninety-three cents higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of a buck forty-three higher. Choice box beef was two thirty-five higher on Thursday afternoon, closing at three hundred four fifty-three. Select lost four dollars and twenty-one cents, ending the day at two seventy-four thirty-four. Uh, what do you think about the cattle market, Brian? I like where April stopped going down. It was a 50% retracement of the whole move from contract lows to contract highs. 
Uh, we've got some repair to do. I think the market wants to go back up to where we were. Uh, we had about two days of selling before the Catalan feed report. And then after that report, the limit down moved. So I think the market wants to go back to where it was prior to that report, uh, kind of recheck that area. I think it could be true that we do have a short-term low, but also still have the highs in. Uh, and this market may want to trade around a little bit. We've established a really big trading range to carve out for the next several months. Very little action in the outside markets on Friday morning, guys. U.S. dollars off just a little bit. Stocks are mixed. Bonds are flat. Precious metals about flat. Crude oil is down six cents in the December WTI at 82.40. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday.